Blog Talk Radio. Courting Doubt and Darkness, Darkness at First Light, Had a Dying Fall, and Things Strangled, featuring Carlisle homicide detectives Christopher Snow and Aaron McCoy. And the first four titles are also bundled together on Kindle at Amazon. Sunbury Press publishes our mystery and suspense novels, uh, and its mystery input print, excuse me, is called Milford House. So, today on the Milford House Mysteries, we're pleased to have author Sharon Marcosello with us. Um, We're going to chat with her about her newest novel called Secrets of the Galapagos. Um, And um, if you haven't had a chance, um, take a look at the cover. It's really great. It's got this giant tortoise on it. Um, And we're going to talk to Sharon about her journey to becoming a mystery writer, um, her new book, as I said, and then um, an earlier book that's published with Sunbury Press called Going Home. Coming Home. Sharon Marcosello. Oh, yeah. Going Home is correct. Sharon Marcosello is the author of two mysteries published by Sunbury Press. Going Home was published in 2014 and Secret of the Galapagos in 2019. She also has written travel articles, short stories, corporate training manuals, screenplays, book reviews, and nonfiction book, and a personal finance blog. She earned a master's in professional writing from the University of Southern Cal and is an active member of Sisters in Crime. Retired from a 27-year career with Delta Airlines, she now lives in Georgia and does volunteer work for the Fayette Humane Society. The Secret of the Galapagos, just a brief synopsis. Shattered by a broken engagement and a business venture, derailed by her unscrupulous partner, Jerome, Giovanna Rogers goes on a luxury Galapagos cruise with her grandmother to decompress. Giovanna aims to make Jerome pay for what he's done, and she has a tip that he's headed for the Galapagos. While snorkeling in Gardner Bay on the coast of the Espanola Island, Giovanni and another cruise passenger, tortoise researcher Laurel Pardo, become separated from the group and Laurel is left behind. No one on the ship will acknowledge that Laurel is missing and Giovanna suspects a cover-up. When the police come on board to investigate the death, Giovanna is sure the victim is Laurel and she's so anxious to give her testimony to the attractive local detective. But instead, she learns someone else is dead and she's the person of interest. Resolved to keep searching for Laurel, Giovanna finds that several people on, the board, on board the cruise ship have reasons to want Laurel gone. 
One is a scam involving Tio Armando, the famous Galapagos giant tortoise, a major tourist attraction. Thinking she's the cat in this game, Giovanna gets too involved and becomes the mouse, putting her life in jeopardy. But if she doesn't stop him, Jerome will go on to ruin others. Welcome to the Milford House Mystery, Sharon. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Well, good. So um, uh, (laughs) let's start. Well, actually, let's start. First of all, I think I called your book, your second book, Coming Home, Going Home. Tell us which one's right. Going Home is right. Going Home. And I think there's a lot of books called Going Home and a lot of books called Coming Home. But anyway, Going Home (laughs) is what it is. Okay, so this one is Going Home. But let's start with a, then a broader a broader question. Um, you, know, you spent a, a lot of time in the airline industry um, with Delta. Did you write when you were with Delta? Did you write for them anything? I wrote uh, training materials, and uh, I was a project manager for a while, so I wrote project status reports. I did a stint in corporate communications. I worked at the um, in the customer care department, so I wrote customer correspondence. So I did, I did, you know, some some corporate writing while I was at Delta, and I started out in um, frontline customer service positions. But my last 15 years were in the general offices, so I had various different. Uh, office jobs that required some writing. So. so a little bit like me, I had a lot of technical writing and and so forth in in my career. But uh, then when I switched to fiction, I I found out that it it was very different in some ways and in other ways not so much. Was that that your experience or? Well, I'd been writing fiction all my life. I mean, so I wrote fiction. I, I started writing fiction when I was in grade school. I mean, I used to always write stories. I wrote my first novel when I was probably in my late teens, early 20s. Um, I, I wrote three novels before I before, um, I published Going Home. That was the first three are on the shelf <laughs> somewhere uh-huh. in a trash bin. <laughs> so I've always, I've always been writing, and I've always written fiction. So... Um, I, I mean, I knew it was different from from corporate writing, but it wasn't really an adjustment. Okay, different experience then. Mm-hmm. And I was writing. I I was working on going home while I was employed at Delta. I would get up in the morning and I'd get up about an hour early and write, and before I had to start getting ready to go to work. So just you know, a little bit a day. And, and and back in those days, we had dial-up internet, so I didn't, I wasn't tempted to get online. Like now when I'm retired, I can waste a lot, of, I can be writing and suddenly I have to look something up on the internet and the next thing you know, I'm answering email and then I'm on Facebook and um, <laughs> so frittering away the time on the internet, I, you know, I didn't, didn't really have that luxury when I was writing and and working full time. Well, Delta's hub is in Georgia. Are you going to tell us how you got to from migrated from California to Georgia? Um, sure. I um, I started working when I got out of graduate school. I realized I 
wasn't going to be a rich and famous author yet, and I needed to get a real job. And I had looked at, um, actually, I thought about working in the studio. There was a lot of um, um, push to like read scripts for, um, but I was a slow reader, and so I couldn't really make a lot of money um, reading script. We had to read a script and and write a synopsis of it, and you got like fifty dollars. You know, if you can oh. read a script in an hour or two, it's not hmm. so bad. But, you know, if it takes you all day to do it, <laughs> or or two days to do it. In my case, it wasn't a very lucrative job, and kind of by accident. Um, one of my roommates had friends that worked for Western Airlines, and kind of by accident, I, I came home um, early, and there was a message on the answer machine from his friend that said they were hiring at Western Airlines and, in reservations, and it was $9 an hour and travel benefits, and that sounded really, in 1982, that sounded really good <laughs> to me, and so... Um, I talked him into letting me go along for the interview, and his friend took um, took my resume into the um, into the personnel office also, and I got an interview, and, and I ended up getting hired at Western Airlines, and I worked in Los Angeles for uh, five years, and then in 1987, Delta and Western merged, and oh. then um, I still stayed in Los Angeles for a while, and. Mm-hmm. Then um, my husband and I wanted to buy a house, and we couldn't afford anything in Los Angeles. We ended up going to Seattle. And then in Seattle, I was in the reservations office in Seattle and when it closed in 1993. And so the, I had the option of going a lot of different places. And I thought Atlanta is the general headquarters, so mm-hmm. I would go there. <laughs> hmm. wow. so that's how we got yeah. to Atlanta. Huh. So... Um, you've hopped all over, um, but that's it. Sounds like an interesting career, uh, and I know that um, you've done a lot of of traveling um, with your your, your benefits. So, how, how did you choose the Galapagos Islands as a setting? Um, I, you know, that's pretty famous from Darwin doing research there. Um, did you research extensively, or have you actually been there? Yeah, we did a trip to the Galapagos in 2014, and of course that was a, that had always been something on my bucket list, and so I finally had an opportunity to go there in 2014. And I remember um, I, I didn't when we traveled there. I wasn't wasn't really with a view to do research and and write a book about it but I guess there was something that sort of happened on the trip that kind of got me thinking it would be a good opening scene there was a um and you know I actually which I actually used for the opening scene of Secrets of the Galapagos my husband and I were out snorkeling on the the cruise ship and, and usually they're they're very diligent about keeping track of everybody and using the buddy system and all kinds of symbols to let them know you're okay. And um, we'd been doing some other activity and we joined up with a snorkel group kind of late. And so nobody was really taking responsibility for us. You know, we kind of slipped through the cracks and we were snorkeling around with everybody else. And all of a sudden I remember looking up and seeing the boats going back to the ship and oh. we're still in the water. 
And I just remember that panic feeling being out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and the boats are going back to the, the ship. And so I was able I was able to get their attention and, you know, jumping up and down and, and screaming and waving my hands and, and they finally somebody did finally see me and they came back and got us and so all was well. But I remember thinking about that and thinking, Oh, what if what if they didn't pick somebody up? <laughs> and what if there was really a reason why they didn't pick somebody up? And so that that kind of inspired the the opening scene. And and that was a very gripping opening scene too, because I like I've read the first fourteen chapters and that I, I was worried the whole time about Laurel, you know. Um and that's an interesting too about a cruise ship. I, it offers a lot of possibilities as far as both suspects and victims. Does your protagonist Giovanni Rogers really a tourist? Or I mean, she seems so well informed. Um, yeah, she she's a yeah she's a tourist. Um, the Galapagos cruise they're very um, so th- that type of cruise is a little bit different than your your Caribbean carnival cruise family Caribbean fun in the sun type adventure. I mean they're um, you can't go anywhere without a guide, and so you've got very knowledgeable guides that take you everywhere, and they have lectures, and um, so so they really do give you lots of information about what you're what you're seeing and and experiencing. So the type of tourists that are attracted to that are usually, you know, people that are interested in that more more than, you know, people that just want to sit out in the sun and party and drink and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a different it's a different crowd. Yeah, my husband and I have gone on several of the small ship adventure cruises. So we've never gone to the Galapagos, though. I, that's that's still on our list. Um, but um, I might be careful about going snorkeling if we do. Uh, <laughs> and actually, I don't mean to <laughs> malign anybody because usually, like I said, they're very careful. But um, things can happen. You gotta you, be careful. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's right. Well, sw- switching to a more a sort of a broader stepping back from the, the this your specific new book, um, can you give us an overview, Sharon, of, of how you approach writing? Uh, you know, what what are your biggest challenges? You've been doing this, uh, I guess, for quite a long time, as you tell us. Um, maybe you can give our listeners some some insight on your process and. Uh, issues and how you overcome them um well like i said i have been writing all my life but and i think some of my challenges is i i write pretty slowly and i think part of it is because i edit as i go and like usually when i'll start i'll I'll read i mean not from the beginning of the book but maybe like from the beginning of the of the chapter that I'm working on or the begin or you know read the last chapter and then you know to get myself going back back into the story and I I do a lot of editing and and they say I've tried the NaNoWriMo um exercise before where you know you're supposed to write a, a novel in the month of November and you're just supposed to spit out a first draft and not not go back and edit anything or not go back and research or anything but I I have a I I struggle with that. I, I, you know, I, I can't help myself, but going back and and editing too much. So I would say that, you know, 
probably, I mean, I, I, editing is good. You don't want to turn in a draft that, you know, is not not the best that can be and not, you know, not well edited and proofread. But, but still, while you're doing that first draft, you kind of have to give yourself permission to write badly. You can go ahead and use cliches and adverbs and um, dance around the point and then, you, you know, go back and fix it later rather than trying to struggle over over words so much and and I'll stop and research too and and that's not supposed to be a good um a good idea either you know really because it 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 can be distracting you know you get all involved reading your reading your research I even though I used a lot of I had a lot of notes from the from the trip I had photos that I'd taken and and I saved all the programs from the um from the ship and I you know, had maps and stuff so that I would refer to but I also did a lot of research on the internet having like trying to look up the name of something or you know the exact location of something to you mm-hmm. know, to supplement mm-hmm. my memories and um, or for you know fill in the gaps places that I didn't know because I didn't I didn't know if there was a jail there I had to find out if there was a jail because I have a scene in a jail <laughs> and <laughs> Isn't it funny yeah. how how much you have to go back and research when you're working yeah. on the book? It's amazing. Yeah. Now we're here primarily to promote you know the secret of the Galapagos, but uh, you have your first novel too, Going Home. Now, can you tell us something about that? Is it a standalone, or it, can you give our listeners a brief summary? Well, both books are standalones, and they can certainly be read mm-hmm. as such. Um, I do have two characters from Going Home that appear in Secrets of the Galapagos. Um, Going Home is a it's basically a whodunit um, murder mystery. You got a body on the first page. Um, you figure out, you know, you, the suspect is or the the killer is revealed in the end. Um, but inspired by my mother's battle with Alzheimer's disease. And it kind of got me wondering what it would be like to interview a witness or a suspect that could not rely on her memory. And um, it, it opens up the daughter comes home to check on her mother, um, who's got 24-hour care. And there she is standing over her the bludgeoned body of her caregiver. And she can't give a straight answer about what has happened. And she's alone in the house, so she's a suspect. And so now the daughter has to stay there and um, step into the role of caregiver for her mom with Alzheimer's because the agency is not going to send her another one after the first one got killed. And she's never taken care of anything more complicated than a cat before, and now she's taking care of her mother with Alzheimer's and trying to be the amateur sleuth and solve the murder. And she's back in the hometown where she grew up and all her the baggage from her past is coming back to haunt her people that she thought she'd never have to see again come back into her life and one of the things she finds out that she's a grandmother um, she had oh. given <laughs> <laughs> she'd given up a child for adoption uh, when she was 17 and you know thought there would never be anything more from that and the the She's found by the daughter-in-law and, and grandmother. So anyway, the in Secrets of the Galapagos, the um, it actually takes place 15 years later, and um, 
the protagonist is Giovanna's granddaughter of Michelle, and Michelle and and Michelle is the protagonist of Going Home, and so Michelle and Giovanna go on a on the Galapagos cruise together. She's consoling her for the loss of her business and the loss of her engagement and t- treating her to this luxury Galapagos tr- cruise supposedly to forget her troubles. Oh, so there is a connection. Yeah, yeah, there is. So it's two it's two characters, but like I said they're standalone. You don't have to really know anything about the um about the other book. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's been exactly quite a, a while, a couple years probably since I read um, Going Home. But it, it seems like um, although they still fall in the mystery suspense category, you've taken a very different approach with Secrets of the Galapagos. Was that deliberate, um, you know, didn't have, like the first one was a little bit of, a, it was a mystery, but it had a sort of a domestic drama aspect to it. And and then, of course, the Alzheimer's um, piece that you explored. Um, did did you make a deliberate decision to, to just go in a different direction, Sharon? Um, I don't know how conscious it was. It was just, I, I just kind of take the story you know i i i start out a lot like with an opening scene and you know usually like the last three books that i've written have you know sort of been in the mystery and since i've been in sisters in crime i've kind of gotten into the mystery the mystery suspense type thing um mm-hmm. i think the structure of going home is more like your who done it you know you've got a you've got a death and you're trying to solve the murder basically more straight line although you've got the um you've got the relationship between the mother and the daughter and the dealing with the alzheimer's all you know all kind of um on on the side and but um you know it's it's the basic structure is who done it whereas with secrets of the galapagos you don't it's not really a, it's not really who done it you've got you start out with a disappearance and then Later, I think it's like chapter five or six um, when a, a dead body does show up, <laughs> and then it, you still have the disappearance to deal with, and then then you also have this um, mystery about the the giant tortoise that um, Laurel Laurel, as a tortoise tortoise researcher, has some knowledge about this famous tourist attraction that not everybody wants. Um, to be known, and so there's a reason that people don't really want Laurel to get that information out. And um, then we've also got the other complication of past with with Jerome, the guy who um, that swindled her, he her out of her business. <laughs> really, mm-hmm. um, he he's one of these crooks that you know starts up charities and then sucks all the donations out. The and then um, starts another, and, and he kind of latched himself on to, you know, help her build her profit, and then just sucked up all the donations, and of course left her high and dry, you know, a pariah in society. Because <laughs> so he's a scam um, artist. He's a scam artist, and you know, his last act before he declared bankruptcy and left town was to buy a buy an ocean-going sailboat and used her building as collateral. And so he sailed off into the oh. sunset. And so she's 
she's really not um Michelle thinks that she's just wallowing in sorrow, but really she's seeking revenge. <laughs> she knows yes. she's, she she's been tracking him via social media. Her um she'd met him, he was he's the husband of a friend of hers from college. And mm-hmm. um so there she's still and the uh, friend is one of these oversharers in social media, so she's able to glean a lot of information about his whereabouts and doings from her friend's social media accounts, and and that's she knows he's headed for the Galapagos, and so that's why she wants to go, and she finds him. Hmm. Good. <laughs> I'm still worried about Laurel, though. <laughs> but I've also been watching the clock, and we're just about out of time. So, is there anything else you'd like to share with us, like where readers can, you know? get your books or follow you on social media? Um, well, I have a website. It's SharonMarcosello.com, um, S-H-A-R-O-N-M-A-R-C-H-I-S-E-L-L-O.com. I also have a Facebook page, a Twitter, and an Instagram. Uh, I think it's S-L Marcosello. And um, my books are on Amazon and all the uh, Sunbury um, Sunbury Press site, and I think Sunbury Press is having a sale right now. If I just read the other day, fifteen percent off and free shipping. So, yes. Do you remember the a code? You can give it out if you want. I think it's spring something. Spring something. Yeah, I don't know if I have that. Yeah. I imagine it's on the website. Yeah. Yes. Go to sunburypress dot com. Yes, that's the best. And buy thing lots to do. of books. <laughs> and thanks for well, joining us. Well thank yeah, you for having me. I mean best luck with the secrets of the Galapagos, Sharon. Um and uh, thanks for joining us. And a reminder to all our readers and listeners, all our books are available at Sunbury Press's online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and other online retailers and bookstores. Um, and any independent bookseller can order it. And a special thanks to all of you for listening to the Milford House Mysteries. We hope you enjoyed our program. And on our next program, Thursday, April 9th at 2.30 p.m., we will be discussing setting as character which I think Sharon did a very good job on in Secret of Galapagos. And we do want people to go out and buy it and enjoy it. Yes, and, um, you know, given the the times that we're in right now with everybody uh, in uh, abbreviated uh, staying at home, uh, some of you aren't working, uh, some of you are dealing with kids at home, Um, I want to... We, Jody and I want to make sure that everyone takes care uh, in this sort of crisis that we're all facing. Um, and uh, if you have some spare time, uh, you can follow us on social media. I'm on the web at www.sherrynolton.com, plus I'm on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm on facebook.com slash Cases by J.M. West. My website has details of all my novels. It's www.carlawcrimecases.com, all lowercase. And until next time. Thanks for listening, and everybody take care. Stay healthy.
And I have to say that the music that is supposed to play to end this session is not working. So thank you all for listening, and we'll just end it with this. Thanks a lot, lot, and tune in next time.